Welcome back to episode 42 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast, episode 42 for the week of May 21st, 2018. This week, we're going to get into all of the underperforming players on your fantasy teams and whether they are droppable or not. And we are going to check in on our current board bets for 2018. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And with me in the front office this week are Phil and Todd. Guys, let's dive into some of these board bets we've made so far this year and see how... Ooh, some of these look brutal so far. (laughs) All right. Off the top, this one was made in the middle of December. Chris Davis will finish higher on the player raider than Byron Buxton. My defense. <laughs> uh, Buxton's been kind of hurt for most of the year, and I still think he's got a chance because K. Riss Davis just hit the DL. Right. And Buxton's somewhat, he's gotten on base at least the last couple days. He sucks. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I have no chance unless he steals like 25 or 30 bags, and I don't know if he's going to do it, so that kind of sucks. All right, this was another fill bet here. Chris Bryant over Charlie Blackman on the Player Raider. Let's see how they're faring so far. I think I might be ahead on that one. Charlie Blackman at 33. Well, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> I don't see Bryant on that first page there through the first 50, so, yeah, so far. Not, not doing great. I thought he was doing a lot better than that. Maybe he's just doing a lot better in real life than I thought. There he is, 68. Yeah, that's not good. Where was he drafted, like 12? Yeah, yeah. 8 to 12 range, maybe? Yeah. He's in the top 10 in a lot of leagues. Yeah, in a lot of leagues he was. Michael Brantley is ahead of him at 66. <laughs> Jesus. Blake Trinan at 64. Sean Newcomb at 62. CJ Crone is at 61. Wow. <laughs> and the April Wonder, and where did he go in May? Didi Gregorius is at 57 still. I don't like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I did, I just report the news. All right, here we go. Next one Domingo Santana versus Braun. How are their production going so far? Braun's got 183, and. Uh, Domingo is currently posting a negative value for the year, so... I don't believe this one was based on Player Raider, though. This one just says that he'll outperform. I feel like that's what what we were going off of. I mean, I know Keith's not here to, uh... Defend himself right now. Right, but I mean, how else would you determine, like, who performs better? Right. Well, Braun has gotten the... Not necessarily the lion's share of at-bats. Domingo actually has 20, almost 20 more at-bats than he does. He's coming on lately. Apparently he's hitting uh, 298, 358, 489 for his triple slash in May so far. Yeah. And plus, isn't Braun hurt? Yeah, Braun has spent a lot of time on the DL so far. Braun's another guy that sucks, let's be honest. So that one, that one could go down to the wire just due to them flip-flopping in the roster. Ooh, this one, uh, this one, you and Keith tag-teamed against me. 
overall, Acuna versus Puig, end of season. Um, which side did you pick? Because uh, I feel like you said Puig. Yeah, I did. It's been a landslide up until like the last 10 days, and Puig has come on strong. Yeah, Puig's ahead right now. I think that the fact that there was that massive gap, um, not massive, I guess, a couple of weeks in uh, playing time, I think Acuna is pretty much going to take over once he starts getting the feel of the stolen bases. Potentially. Potentially. That one's not looking so hot for me. Well, unless he goes on a rookie slide there. This one is between Keith and Todd. End of year player Raider Adam Eaton versus Gregory Polanco. <laughs> Luckily, Adam Eaton hasn't played this year, so I got that going for me. But... Well, and when he did, he wasn't good at all. Yeah, yeah, because he just had ankle surgery, so he's going to be out. Probably at least two more months. Yeah, so Polanco's 23 right now at outfield player rank. I don't know what he is overall, but at least with him, he should give me enough counting stats, but the, the average is brutal right now. Yeah, that one's not very kind. <laughs> I need to look up what the average MLB uh, average is, and I might do that during this podcast because, I mean, what is he batting, like 222 or 224 right now? Yeah. So, I mean, he's a drain, obviously, especially for a fantasy team, but he's not as big of a drain as you would think, especially with him still contributing a couple of stolen bases. He's got, you know, eight home runs this year. I mean, he's got plenty of runs and, and some RBIs too, so he's actually doing decently well. Um, I think you're pretty much going to easily win that one, especially with the injury. Yeah, and it's a big bonus in, uh, on base percentually because he is walking at a pretty good clip, so you know there's a lot more value in him in on-base league versus an average league. Yeah, definitely. He's got 24 walks already. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to definitely put him on base enough to get his 28 runs so far. Alright, on to the next one here. 2018 total value, Nick Senzel over Todd Frazier in on-base percentage league. I know who I took. Yeah? Yeah? How's that looking? Uh, Todd Frazier is, he's been doing pretty well, um, other than the fact that he's injured right now. Well, we've really jinxed these guys. I feel like everyone we bring up is injured. (laughs) Almost. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um... Maybe he's not doing as good as I thought. Oh, no, that's the last 15 days. Of course, he wouldn't be doing great then. No. Todd Frazier on the year, 18 runs, 5 home runs, 21 RBI, 3 stolen bases, and he's got a 357 on base percentage, all while batting 237. Hasn't played in the last... 12 days, 12 games so far. Yeah, but we were talking about on on base percentage league. He's got a uh, 357 on base percentage. Yeah. So those numbers you include with the batting average difference between that and his on base percentage in that kind of league, that's valuable. I mean, obviously, you know, he hasn't played in a a little while, but I mean, he's still putting up numbers. Yeah, he is actually relevant in an on base percentage league. I mean, he's got 21 walks, 21 RBI, walking as much as he's bringing in runs. Yep. And like I was saying, you know, last year when Keith was hating on him, I mean, he, he chips in some stolen bases, he gets some runs, he gets some RBIs, he does pretty much everything everything and that's why i said especially in like on base percentage league he's he's a guy that i i target out because i think people always just discount him and they they say nothing of you know they think they think nothing of him what did i get him for in that league i drafted him for four dollars in a 12 team dynasty league where you know that's that's very valuable for your corner infielder and add to the fact that nick senzel has yet to play and with that bout of vertigo is kind of delayed that for the foreseeable future that one's looking at 
like a, possibly a landslide there if Senzel never makes it to the bigs this year. So I finally looked up the batting average. Jeremy, what would you guess that the average uh, Major League batting average is across all teams right now this year? 227. A little bit higher than that. So you're going to get a little uh, help on that one. Todd, what, what do you think? I would say 243. 245 is what it is oh, right now. Wow. And it was 255 last year, 255 the year before, 254 the year before that. It's noticeably down. So the thing about it is, is you know, we were talking about Gregory LePlanco earlier where he's been in the 220s. Guys like that actually can still help your team. Like, don't discount them just because they have one category that is kind of hurting you. Uh, build your team around them, obviously. Get guys that are a little safer in the other areas. But, man... Get those get those guys at discounts when you can. Like this year, they were cheap. I'm guessing using the same site, you can pull up the on base percentage. Three eighteen. Okay, and how does that compare year to year? Three twenty four last year. Three twenty two the year before. Three eighteen the year before. Three fourteen the year before. So I mean, it's kind of within a slight variance. There's just been a, a just a drop this year in batting average for whatever reason. Well, it, it's not for whatever reason. It's Everybody is selling out for launch angle here. Uh, April, we just had for the first time in recorded MLB history that players struck out more than they had hits in a month, which definitely reduces your average and reduces your on-base percentage enough that, yeah, you're going to see a noticeable average Mm drop-off. There's just so many more uh, three-true-outcome guys. Like that Gregory Polanco, he's turned into, he's either going to walk, strike out, or or hit hit a ball in the air pretty much. So... Yeah. You know, it's just a different game. And the Frazier's the same exact way. All right. This one is between Phil and Todd. This one's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Williams versus Cesar Hernandez on the Player Raider. How's my boy Cesar been doing? Better than Nick Williams. I was banking on Nick Williams playing more than uh, Cesar Hernandez, especially with Kingery uh, making the team out of camp, but it, it's been the complete opposite. So right now, Cesar is the number six second baseman um, in fantasy, and he's kind of clustered in with uh, Whit Merrifield and Jed Lowry, guys we've talked about a lot on the podcast recently. So there you go. A nearly 390 on base percentage. Got 31 walks on the year, 46 hits. Man, he's just kind of broke out now. Brought somebody in to threaten him for his job, and now he's just on a tear. Ooh, this one is not very good either. Todd, you made this with Keith. Matt Harvey over a four fip. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Good old Matt Harvey. So wait, you said under a four fit for him? No, I said it would be over. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Matt Harvey's yeah. horrible. Keith, yeah, because Keith is in on the bounce back. You know, a lot of it, I don't know if it's really his fault, just with all the injuries. I mean, he has some really, really tough injuries to come back from. Did you yeah. just say Keith was hitting the pipe? No. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> all right, well, I, I was just wondering, because, I mean, it would make sense if you're saying that 
you know, something about anything about Matt Harvey being good. No, he was just on the bounce back. Currently, his FIP uh, is 5.05 for the year, but since he's been at Cincy, it's 3.01, so you might be losing some ground on that. Oof. Yeah, granted, but getting it, away from the Mets organization overall should help him out because he doesn't have to deal with that training staff because we know how terrible they've been to everybody in that system. And I'm already hearing rumors that they're shopping him, which was to be assumed anyway, but they're actually getting teams to respond back and be like, hey, we can use him. Granted, the Dodgers are losing arms at a record pace. Yeah, but don't have they have like eight more guys in the minor leagues that are being paid major league salary? <laughs> Kind of facetious there, but... Yeah, sort of. All right, well, that wraps up all of the board bets currently. And coming up after the break, we are going to get into droppable players. Has your fantasy baseball team ever caught the injury bug and it cost you your shot at winning your league's prizes? If so, look no further than Rotoshurance, the leader in fantasy sports insurance. Their insurance coverage can save you your league's investments with policies as low as $1.50 a season. Be sure to use the promo code FFO in all caps throughout the season to show your support for the show. Just visit rotoshurance.com. That's R-O-T-O-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Simply select your sport, your league's entry fees, and choose the players you want to insure. Don't lose your money this season due to unforeseen injury and protect your team at rotoshurance.com. All right, now that we're back, we're going to get into these players based off their preseason ADP. Who is droppable within the top 200? And I'm guessing there's going to be some names in here that we were not expecting so far. So, Phil, you want to take us with your first pick? Byron Buxton. (laughs) Not surprising at all, actually. Um, so he was drafted 60th overall, currently doing absolutely nothing. Um, we just talked about him earlier, uh, batting 164. Sure, he's got five stolen bases, but that's not really helping anybody whenever he's atrocious, has no power, doing nothing correct. Batting ninth doesn't sound great. Yeah, I think his, uh, his slugging is 203 right now, which... If, if you had Billy Hamilton and he was slugging 203, you would be mad. And you have Byron Buxton, who was supposed to have some pop. Yeah. So that's pretty frustrating. All right. Todd, who's your first drop? Uh, for me, he was 99 overall in ADP this year. But Ian Desmond, um, hitting 175, 231. Um, on base percentage, but he's really struggling against righties this year. Um, does have seven homers, does have five stolen bases, but he's a serious threat to lose playing time if doll up and once the Rockies start to get healthier, you know, I, I don't know if he has a spot in that lineup. Very true. Uh, my first drop, this is kind of rough. Uh, he was 117 overall on fan tracks, Matt Olson. Uh, he has just been atrocious. Like I, having been an owner of his 
I knew what I was getting into, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. He looks like he might have turned a corner, though, because his last week or so, he's got three home runs. <sighs> Valid point. Up until so this point, it has been bad. very bad. Yeah, because yeah. he's got a couple of multi-hit games in there, too, and his, his average is still only two two thirty eight. But again, like I said, I mean, the average isn't hurting you as bad um, now as it was in previous years. I thought you were going to say Matt Carpenter. So they were both 117. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Uh... And that was another guy that's... I mean, he's he's been bad. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to pick him, but he's been bad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to pick him next, but it, it's been brutal. All right. Todd, Todd gets first pick on that one. Go ahead, All right. Uh, good old Matty C. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Carpenter... Um, the preseason injuries, was it... I, was it his knee or his back that was um, in spring training? He's been all kinds of messed up uh, for a couple of years, and he can't even throw across a diamond. It looks painful. Yeah. Like, it legitimately looks bad whenever he throws across a diamond. So I don't know, man. I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah, it's just he just looks like a shell you know, of his former self. 194 right now, three homers. It, you know, he's a guy you can totally cut. And, it, you know, it's a big name, but it's – it's just what we've come to. What's funny is he's actually on waivers in a couple of leagues, and I'm not even picking yeah. him up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> another another guy, um, man, I, I didn't even realize he was drafted this high as Manuel Margot. Um, drafted 112 overall, which somehow doesn't seem right. Um, I was thinking like late, almost two, almost early 200s. But anyways. Um, so no, yeah, the hype machine was out early for Margot. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I, I don't know why I didn't notice that he was that high. I would have picked him on some of these bust, uh, bus lists that I was, you know, doing. Um, 194 batting average. He's got some, again, five stolen bases, but man, he's basically Byron Buxton. And, and you, no one wants Byron Buxton, but he does have a home run, so he's beating Buxton in that. <laughs> and the thing is, the Padres quietly have a ton of outfielders. You know, once Will Myers comes back, uh, Cordero's been good, Perella, so, uh, Jankowski, so. Jankowski, but um, and that, and that Reyes kid they just called up too, right? Yeah, yeah. even though he has not Oh, he did finally. I think so. It looked like him. I don't know. He was just rounded the bases a second ago. Well, pretty sure. Well, let me refresh my team and verify that information. He is one for one. It was a two run shot, paid off starting him tonight. Granted, it's small slate, so you kind of throw everybody into the roster when that happens. Yeah, I do that too. I had him, <laughs> on, the, I had him on that other team that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right, both of you got two in there? Yep. yep. All right, Marcel Ozuna. I hate you. <laughs> why is this Why is this got to turn to a Cardinals bash in the past, I, huh, guys? Well, I, I'm so, an owner, oh. and it hurts. Like, it physically hurts. I've benched him for the last week and a half. I should have been to be when Jesus comes back. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he, he's horrible right now. Um, he's on an 0 for 22 slump, I think. That doesn't sound great. Yeah. 0 for 22, 0 for 4 showing Saturday night. But here's the weird thing he's walking at a lower rate than last year. He's striking out right in line with his career marks, but he's making hard contact at the highest rate of his career. Granted, he's only 27, so this is potentially a guy that could turn it around at any point and just see that BABIP spike. Um, yeah, I think that's a good chance, honestly. I think he's just been pressing. Um, he's had a couple of, you know, one-week or two-week periods where he's done well, but other than that, for most of the season, he just looks like he was trying too hard. He's trying to hit a uh, five-run home run every time. 
Well, that that sounds a lot like our uh, our home guy here, uh, Goldschmidt, hasn't uh, been. You're dropping Goldschmidt? It. No, no, no. No. <laughs> I was just making a comparison. Uh, uh, I, was, the, I was just making sure the, the big bopper bat in the lineup isn't producing anywhere near career marks. Interesting. I hope we saw a turning point with uh, the home run yesterday for Goldschmidt. Yesterday, the day before. Yeah. With- I'm going to go out on a limb for my next guy, um, and I'm going to drop Corey Seager. Is that really going out on a limb? Like, redraft mm, leagues? Like No. I, I was – yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I joke. I kid. <laughs> now, if you were to say Buster Posey or somebody, then that would be going out on a limb. Um, let's see. Got any more that I want to drop? Uh, what, what are you doing if you're a Roberto Osuna owner? benching him until you figure out what's going on. I dropped him in a 12-team league, though, to be honest with you. 12-team league, there's a lot of closers out there. I mean, you should be pretty good and get get somebody that's established and that's, you know, not going to destroy your ratios. Yeah, because I saw a thing today. His next, like, court date is, I believe, May 28th. Well, that's that's just MLB just keeps extending it. They're in the investigative process, so they, they keep extending his leave of absence week to week um so probably won't hear anything until at least the 28th and then again they may just bump it out another week and this could go on for a while yeah and the tough thing is you can't put him on a dl or anything too so he's just wasting a roster spot you know what was bad about that i had Cano on the dl apparently he stays on the major league dl but at the same time he's suspended right yeah so i can't keep him on my dl in fantasy because i had to do roster moves and they changed to suspended instead. But he is actually on the DL for his major league team. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So yep. that that is weird. And I don't like how they run that. Um, they are running the suspension concurrently with his DL trip, which he's yep. at least out for two months at least, which kind of sucks for us owners. Yeah, the bad part was, like I said, I had him on the DL, and he was just sitting there, happy, you know, hey, I'm not taking up your roster spot, and then afterwards, he's like, no, I have to take up a roster spot for you, <laughs> and I did, I really didn't want him to, but apparently he's like, alright guys, I'm going to take up your roster spot for like the next two months, I'll be back. Alright, what do you guys have? Rugnet Odor. Ooh. And I, and I drafted him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and he has been nothing short of horrible in every way, shape, or form. And what's his batting average right now? 169. Nice. Ouch. Nice, nice, nice. Todd, what do you have? Who do you have? Um, I'm kind of still on the fence about him, but I do want to bring him up. What do you do with John Gray? Um, he's a guy who has area 5-3, a whip of 1-4, but he's still striking out a ton of guys. So he was drafted 158, I believe, on ADP, and uh, that's mine right now. So is he uh, kind of in the same boat as, like, Chris Archer? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So he has 63 strikeouts this year, which will be, like, some innings. Yeah, but, I mean, Chris Archer was drafted way earlier than yeah. that. Yeah. So you're pretty much hate life if you drafted him. If you drafted Gray, you're like, eh, it's not the worst thing I've ever done. Well, if you've drafted both of them, that'd really hurt. Right, exactly. 
Yeah, looking at these two on the season, John Gray, 5.34 ERA, 1.4 whip. Archer, 5.01 ERA, 1.35 whip. Gray actually has more strikeouts in less innings, giving up the same amount of earned runs, around the same amount of hits. Um, yet they both have at least three or four wins, and that's just baseball. Uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, they're both perplexing. There's a f- oh, man. It- I don't know what to do with either of these guys. They're, it's tempting to just bench them, and at the same time, you kind of need those other stats, so you're hoping, well, here's a good matchup. Are you just playing matchups with these two? I think for Gray, you would have to be, but the weird thing about John Gray is his walks uh, per nine is actually at a career low, so he's just getting hit really hard right now. Um, 2.1 walk per nine, so that's not too bad, but you know, it's just weird that someone of such you know elite stuff he's getting hit hard i think archer has a little bit more of a walk problem than gray yeah oh, well i'm just terribly shocked that uh a course pitcher is getting hit hard um when he's thrown it in the zone <laughs> and just <laughs> color me surprised um i've never been any or pro any uh colorado pitcher so I don't have any shares of him, so I don't have to worry about benching him, but I would try to trade him for whatever you could get would be my advice. All right. I got a trio of names here. Tell me if you're dropping benching or just letting it ride. Trevor Story. Oh, I'm, I'm letting it ride. He's doing yeah. exactly what you want him to do. Stolen bases, home runs. That's it. Yeah, I would keep him in the lineup too. I mean, he's a guy who hopefully he starts walking more, but you know you're going to have low averages and just roll off the home runs and stolen bases. All right, Marwin Gonzalez. I'd bench him. Yeah, I actually have him in a couple leagues. I, right now, I just have him on the bench. Um, it's hard to cut someone with that kind of versatility in that lineup, but he is struggling. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly yeah. the reason that I would I would bench him too. Uh, just the insurance policy would be a bench bench yeah. guy for sure. Ryan Zimmerman. Mm, drop. He's really gotten to that point, hasn't he? Yeah, and I'm worried sure. with, with Adams there. Reynolds swung the bat well since he got called up. It's It might be a pretty bad platoon, you know, once he does come back, especially if his injury issues. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, this one's going to hurt all of us. What do you do with Adrian Beltre? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you let him sit on your DL, I guess. <laughs> that's pretty much all we can do, right? Or if you don't have enough DL spots, you rage because you don't have enough DL spots. And then let him sit on your bench. All right. Are you seeing anybody in the top 200 that should be looked at um, as a riser who has outperformed their draft position? Uh, yeah, Ozzy Albies. For sure. About yeah, 147, I think is what his was. Um, uh, yeah, uh, he's done nothing but everything awesome. So uh, he's one guy. Eugenio Suarez. Drafted 179, uh, actually 179th overall. Drafted about 186 overall, and he's been on a tear. And then obviously uh, Charlie Morton, but he's that... drafted what 192 according to ESPN. I saw him go way deeper in the other leagues. Six and 140 RA, 70 strikeouts. That's not bad. No, that's a great return on value there. So in my home league. Um, these are the pitchers that I got, and I actually got them kind of decently late. Um, Paxton, I got pretty early. Uh, I, Cole, he was a keeper. Uh, but Lance McCullers, uh, Charlie Morton, Mike Clevenger, I think I got like pick 200. Hunjin Ryu, I got like way late. Um, 
Miles Michaelis also super late. All guys that are just absolutely dominating. So my uh, my offense is is pretty horrible in my home <laughs> league, but my uh, pitching staff is absolutely dominant, and I'm winning pretty much every week so far. So awesome. Oh, I completely missed this guy. What do you do with Jeff Samarja? Try to spell his name. <laughs> I'm cutting him personally, but I um, am in the same camp there. I mean, he's a guy who he struggled last year. Then he got hurt. He came back, and he just isn't looking good at all. So I, I would cut him. I'd probably, I'd probably cut bait too. But actually, I've tried to trade for him in a couple of leagues, so maybe I wouldn't. Um... <laughs> I mean, it really all depends on your league context and, like, your team context. Like, a couple of leagues, I'm desperate for pitching that would be, like, guys that are, you know, going to actually go out and pitch most games. Um, I don't – yeah, in, in those kind of leagues, I would definitely target him because I think that the better times are ahead. But in a league where you're already decent, don't let him drag you down, man. Uh, what are we thinking on Jose Barrios? I don't think Jose Barrios knows what's going on with Jose Barrios. Um, and, and by that, I mean, like, what was his first five starts were dominant. His next three or four were horrible. And then his last one or two have been, you know, dominant again. I just, it's really perplexing. And he did kind of the same thing last year, but he did it for a longer sustained period. I think it was like 10 or 12 starts. Yeah. And then he would do 10 or 12 starts of horrible and then a couple of good ones. So I, I just... I had him in, the, in that same league, and I had to trade him because, like I said, I just I'm not a fan of not knowing what your pitcher's going to do on any given night. So I'm more of a fan of consistency, even if it's not as good. Um, that way, you know kind of what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, because in redraft leagues, he's kind of a guy that I think you can trade for good value, but uh, it's just inconsistency. It, you you never know what you're going to get from him, but. In dynasty leagues, you know, for the right price, he's a guy who is a little intriguing because he's still really young. If he can kind of find his consistency, you know, he's a guy who has major, major upside. Now, this is a guy that a lot of us drafted a little high. Alex Bregman. What are we seeing with him? Because he's not producing at the rate that we were all anticipating. Coming into this year, kind of been slow start. Uh, not really producing much. Batting 264, 376 on base, three stolen bases, only four home runs. Yeah, I think uh, I was looking into him the other day. Um, I forget who tweeted it out. I really wish I could give you guys credit sometimes for this. I'm an idiot, though. Um, but they were saying that his, uh, his, his launch angle, his, uh, his hard hit contact, his walk percentage, his strikeout percentage, everything has actually gotten better this year versus last year. And he's just not performing that well. I mean, he's not doing terrible, but he's not doing great. Um, and, and people expected much better of him. I think he's going to go on a run like he did kind of last year. And it's going it, to it's gonna be a lot better because, you know, the, the pre, last year he had the, the month and a half or two months of absolute horrible, like one, 180, 200 batting average, no counting stats, nothing. And then he kind of turned it on and ended up with a decent year. So I think he's going to do similar, but he's already got some more things in the bank that uh, are going to help out the end numbers. Yeah, right now he's an awesome buy-low candidate. And I think he'll figure it out. Like Jeremy said, his um, his underlying numbers are better. You know, So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to pan out for him. I believe that tweet was bat flip crazy. Yep, that's exactly yep. what it was. Just pulled it up. He may not be producing yet, but I invest in him over and over again to watch the K percent dip well below the walk percentage. 
Uh, yeah, those underlining numbers are excellent. 91% contact rate, O swing percent of just shy of 16 and a half. With Which is nuts. Over 50% hard contact rate over the last 20 games. Uh, poised for a breakout, but yes, uh, definitely a guy who is worth a buy low. All right, anybody else you guys see that would be worth talking about here? Oh, yes, Juan Soto. Did any of you end up scoring him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational in the fab bids? No, he went for about $200 more than what I had left. <laughs> and and I have like 300 and something dollars left. So uh, he went for a lot in my league. And I think it was the league where he went for the most in, um, to my knowledge. So... I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think I would go that deep on him, but he did crush a home run in his first uh, at-bat tonight, um, second at-bat in the major leagues, but first at-bat as a starter. Uh, and I see big things from him. Yeah, because, I mean, in a league as deep as um, the Invitational, I mean, he would have been a major boost. I missed out on him by, I think, like $60. So I just did half my fab on him. And, uh, still didn't get him, but he, he's a really intriguing prospect. And the fact that they're willing to bring him up now and um, at just 19, you know, over Robles, too, like, you know, it's a, it, he's going to have a spot. You know, the, the bats are going to be there. Yeah, I saw a tweet by Ralph Lischitz uh, where someone, you know, kind of tweeted out to him, oh, my God, he's only played 122 games in the minors. He's yeah. not tr- he's not Trout. He's not Harper. And his response was, or is he? And he, uh, you know, spewed off all of the, the stats, you know, their, their batting average, home runs, RBIs, runs created, plus all that good stuff, uh, strikeout rate, walk rate. And Soto is in line or better than both of them through their minor league careers. And Harper played eight more games than him. So, I mean, if you put it into that perspective, like think about this kid is potentially like on Harper's level, but getting no hype coming into the year instead of hype for like five years beforehand. Um, and that and that tweet was from at Prospect Jesus, uh, Ralph Litschitz. He's an awesome follow if you need anything. Um, Prospect-wise, he goes to a bunch of games. He gets to watch uh, a lot of guys firsthand. He likes Vlad a lot, too, so he goes to those games, too. So something to keep an eye on. Awesome. I am trying to pull up all those fab bids because they went kind of crazy, and apparently somebody bid on the wrong one. Yes! Yeah. (laughs) Like $280 on the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, how bad is Yeah, that's not great. Oh, that's so sad. All right. Uh, there was a Juan Soto. Uh, apparently that 280 was a joke. Juan Soto of Miami was picked up for $14. Then there was Juan Soto of the Nationals was picked up for $0 by Scott White in League 12. That was last week. Correct. Yeah. This week he went for 278 in League 9. 351 in League 5, 365 in League 6, 425 in League 4, 447 in League 7, 452 in League 11, 512 in League 10, and the granddaddy of them all, 550 in League 1. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> like, that's just, I, I mean, that's half over half your budget for the year. Yeah. I mean, I get it that he's, I don't know. I literally just compared him to Harper, so maybe I should shut up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
There we go. These are all the players that have been bought for $300 or more in the Invitationals. Matt Albers, 385. Miguel Andahar, 305. Tyler Clippard, two different people bought him for $400. Franchi Cordero, 333. Sarah Anthony Dominguez, 400. Uh, Domingo German, 361. Joey Lucchese, 580. That is definitely the highest bid so far, and that was done in the third fab run, I think. April 15th, uh, Jorge Soler, 346. Juan Soto has one, two, three, four, seven of them over $300. Hunter Strickland, 379, 400, 400. Mac Williamson and Ryan Zimmerman. This looks like an island of misfit toys along with a few shiny new ones. And granted, the Invitational is a very eccentrically deep and widespread grouping and it saves for blood so some of those are really off from what you'd see in a regular league all right guys well where can the people find you i am phil and i'm at the baseball jedi i'm todd and you can find me at goldie happens except when goldie's not happening sorry (laughs) sorry it's a lot of me telling everyone how sad i am sorry about that todd Isn't it Clay Buckholtz for the Hall of Fame there, Todd? Yeah, he actually is leading the team in the ERA right now, so that heroic five innings <laughs> was highlight of the season. Oh, boy. It's not been a good couple weeks for the Diamondbacks. All right, I have been Jeremy. You can find me at Front Office Jer. Follow Keith at Fantasy underscore Keith. And we hope to get him back on the show here in the next couple weeks because life comes at you fast and you never know where it's going to take you. Follow the pod at Fan Front Office. And, of course, visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com, for all of our intriguing writing and interesting stuff going on over there. So until next week, it's heading into Memorial Day weekend, so go enjoy some baseball. Go Rangers. <laughs>